Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders. This week, I'm joined with Lori Brewer, the CTO of Simple Nexus here at Snug in Snowbird, Utah. Um, So we're really excited to be here, and thank you, Lori, for giving me time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, So as I was preparing for this today, I had a chance to look at your LinkedIn, and you have done a lot. Um, So it's really impressive. Um, And one of the things we're really talking about this month is Women's History Month and kind of women's experience in the industry. Um, And you're in a very unique position for a woman to be a CTO of a a mortgage tech company. Isn't something you see every day. Um, So I'm really excited to kind of talk a little bit about how you got here. Um, One of the things you really highlight on your page is your military experience. Yes. How do you feel like you bring that into your everyday life? Well, so it's interesting, like you mentioned, I'm a a woman as a CTO position. So I don't know why or how, but it seems like everything I've done um, has always been kind of in a male-dominated space. So, um, and I was a tomboy, like, growing up, so maybe that started it. But I was in, I liked math um, right from the get-go. I liked... um, the, you know, science, and unfortunately, we don't have a lot of girls going into STEM, mm-hmm. which I feel passionately that we should have more, but um, so in college, I majored in engineering, um, mm-hmm. and that was in the 90s. There weren't a lot of women in engineering, yeah. <laughs> and I had an Air Force scholarship. I followed my brother, um, who, you know, for right or wrong, I loved and adored him, and, you know, and I thought that might be a good good way to have school paid for. So I went to school on the Air Force ROTC scholarship. Again, one of the three women, I think, um, in my class in ROTC and engineering had few women and then went into the Air Force. And at the time, um, women were, women out of all the branches, women um, in the Air Force had a higher percentage, but the percentage was still low when I was in. It was about 15 to 20%. But if you looked at the other branches, it was even less than that. It's much better now. Um, and then I really got hooked on programming, development, mm-hmm. went to work for a startup that was all men. I think we had um, a woman who was the receptionist, but that was it. And then uh, just and then had a mortgage company hire us. Um, or hire, and then I ended up working for them for 10 years writing software. Um, so that's how I got into the space. And kind of when you get in mortgage, you don't leave because there's too many problems to solve. And kind of when you have that gene of trying to fix things for humans and you like doing that, um, you get stuck in the industry because we, we don't have everything fixed yet. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've loved the industry, loved the people in it. And people have asked me, like, you know, about like being one of the few women and during this whole progression. And honestly, like, I, I, I don't know that um, I really recognized that for a long time until people mm-hmm. pointed it out. It was just what I like to do. And if, and if people, you know, didn't respect me at the same level, I don't, I don't know that I ever noticed it. I just mm-hmm. kind of went about and did my thing, so. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always, I think it's so important to have women like yourself who are kind of like, you know, I'm here, and I don't care if you 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's like, at the, at the end of the day, they don't know everything e- either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know some things they probably don't know. So yeah. you deserve a spot. You know, you deserve a spot at the table. Like, you know, you know enough. Yeah. And I think that's so important, too. The As representation grows, it's, you know, it's the little girls that see you and say, oh, I could be a CTO someday, right? It sounds crazy, but it's something, you know, I'm really passionate about myself. You know, I have nieces that are two years old and I think I was like I never want you to experience some of the things I've experienced in the workforce so how can I make it a better space for tomorrow what does that mean we have to have difficult conversations and you know how can we provide additional education we look at buying them stem toys right like earlier on is can we give you math resources earlier and earlier and earlier and there are some great programs for that for sure right and Um, I think engineering and computer science if I could say this like is one of the most creative um, mm-hmm. things you can get into, and I, I don't think I don't think girls see it always as a creative space, but um, I think it's one of the most creative things you can be in. At the end of the day, you're creating and designing so many people's user experiences. Right, for it's so fun things like buying a home. Right, you ex- you transform how borrowers come from and how they experience the process of buying a house, and that's so important right and to have women be a part of that especially with some of these statistics that are coming out that you know women are making more financial decisions they're running the finances in their household you know that's I know I do in my family right like that's right I think because we're more detail oriented normally not always um so yeah that's honestly fantastic so what would you say kind of was the biggest if you could look back to the to you in college what would you say to that girl or that woman? Oh my gosh. Um, I think I probably stuck with things because I felt like I'd already signed up and didn't have, you know, sunk costs, like didn't have the ability to just shift and and do something else. Um, Even, I mean, I think we all have that now, but looking back, you're like, no, you weren't really that invested. You could have I could have done pivoted and, and, and done a few things. Um, but always at the time you think you're too busy or you can't like, um, you know, I never, uh, tried to do, I, I wish that I had studied abroad, but at the time I was like, no, that'll like throw off my class hours or something. And like, and now that I have kids in college and like it, you know, it could, and, yeah. and worst case, you go an extra semester. Who cares? At yeah. the time, that seems so big. So I think just kind of from a mindset perspective is to, you know, take chances, do the things that you think you might want to do, and and not not to be so conservative, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, I kind of have talked about this before on the podcast and in separate areas, but you know, when I took the job at Lodestar, it was a huge jump for me. And I kind of said, well, if this doesn't work out in six months, I can go back to selling private events. Uh, and here we are two years later. And, and it worked. It worked, right? Um, and I think that's something that, you know, if it was a different place, if it was a different time, I never would have taken that position if it wasn't for what was going on in the world at the time. Right, you were forced into I it. I was forced into it, it, Yeah, but it was great. Um, and I know that's the story of a lot of people that came into mortgage. Um, you touched on a little bit kind of your transition from non-mortgage to mortgage. What made you fall in love with mortgage and decide to take that that position at the mortgage company as opposed to kind of staying in that consulting role? Um, 
Well, they hired us to write a, a website. I mean, that was back when companies like really didn't have any presence mm-hmm. on the web. Uh, and then the more I got into it, like the workflow challenges and putting data together and, uh, you know, the LOS at the time, which was some ancient LOS, like mortgageware, I think, if anyone <laughs> remembers that. And, and, but you could, you could do things around it if you understood how to interact with the data. And so um, I'm sure any industry I would have really gotten interested in, but there's so many steps and people and touch points where you can improve things mm-hmm. in our process. And, you know, people from the outside don't necessarily understand it, but the industry's small. You can influence things, I think, in our industry mm-hmm. because there are so few people. And, and if you can come up with a better way of doing things, you can influence. Um, and I think that's a little bit unique with our industry versus, like, you know, hospitality. Like, mm-hmm. how, if you, you could invent something, but, like, it's just so hard to put it out there because it's just so big. Um, and mortgage is big, but it has a so few players mm-hmm. that you can influence it. And um, one other thing I was going to mention, because you said sometimes you're forced into something yeah. and it works out better, but you might not have made the step. When I started my business, it was 2008, and I had been an employee and working mm-hmm. for this mortgage company. I would have never started my own business. Like I'd mm-hmm. ne- I would have never sat down and been like, I can just go do this on my own and you know, and I'll be able to survive and make money. And, and, but in 2008, I was forced to because our bank mm-hmm. went out of business. It was, you know, on the implodometer, if you remember that. And, and so uh, it was like, all right, take my laptop, start talking to people I know, see what's going on in the industry, what can I help with? And I just went from company to company. And, and then I was, I mean, I never looked back. Like it was the best thing ever. But I, I would have never made that jump without the push of, you know, not having a job. I guess at the, at the yeah. time, <laughs> I would have never made this jump without, you know, you know, not having. A... Yeah. So it's not all bad. Like, yeah. It's not all bad um, to have a change, even if it's forced. Yeah, and I think we've talked a little bit about this with other guests of the podcast right now, with you know, people transitioning because there is such this huge shift in the market, you know, we can't not acknowledge the layoffs that have happened or anything like that. But I think for a lot of people, you know, that kind of more hopeful story of, is there something you've wanted to do? Is there an industry you have interest in? Is there a part of the process you wish you could be a part of? Um, You know, I kind of already said this, but, you know, when you started that, you know, business and you kind of were forced into it, it's obviously very nerve wracking and terrifying. And, you know, what would you say to someone who's maybe thinking about it, but doesn't have the kind of, they're a little scared to take that first step, right? Because that first step is the most terrifying one. For sure. I mean, if, if you're able to start on something that you think might be a business and do it, you know, at night and weekends, I, I think that's the safest way, right? Until you mm-hmm. can at least prove out a few things, um, and then you can make the leap. Uh, that, And I would say, for me, anyway, like, one of the best things is I did know how to program, so I could do all the work myself, and then I had to learn, like, 
you know, how to write a contract and, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it was several years before I brought on an employee. Um, if you have to hire employees or contractors right off the bat, I think that is a little bit more scary because now, you, now you're responsible for the payroll of this other individual, not just yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, if you have an idea, and the other thing I think is, and I would tell my kids this, like, it's making the decision and trying it. It's it's not like it's not like you can't go back. Just you said yeah. this too, so why not try it? Like life's short. Like you might as well try it. You're gonna gain experiences. You learned how to do podcasts. Yeah. Like and at the end of the day, you're gonna be a better person, and you can then go back to that um, industry before or fall back on something more secure if it doesn't work out. Yeah. And I think that's so important too, you know, when you're in those positions to just kind of take advantage of kind of look at it as an opportunity, um, even though it's really hard to like, you know, when you're unemployed, you know, it was the first time I'd ever experienced something like that. It was kind of, you know, I talk about it as like, it feels like there was no hope because restaurants were closed, you know, all of that happened. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, it always kind of had been in the back of my mind. If something happens, I can go get a serving job. And that was no longer the option. Right. Um, but yeah, it's scary. It is scary. Yeah. It's terrifying. That was kind of like, um, you're too young. But in, in 2001, um, when the World Trade Centers came down, like, everything stopped. And, and there was a recession. And a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, and a lot in travel, you know. Mm-hmm. And... And my husband's a pilot. He lost his job. Um, and then 2008, banking crisis hit me, and I lost my job. And now we're kind of seeing that in the tech industry. Uh, so it, it's scary. It's like, you know, you get a knot in your tummy about it. But at the end of the, you know, but then fast forward a month or so, most likely you're going to land in a better spot, I think. Yeah. I think that's and what normally happens because you have the experiences, you have the talent, Um, You can go out and there's like a plethora of things to do. Yeah. And I'm a a big fan, not fan, but I I think hard times are really what make you grow as a person. And it really defines, I think, how you handle those is is how you will be defined, right? It's hard times are how you survive, how you continue to grow. Um, So I definitely think that's important. I agree. Yeah. You don't want to like... You need stories to tell your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Like if you just stayed at one job your whole life and never did anything, never ventured out and had experiences, then, you know, you have boring stories. Exactly. <laughs> There's a song called that, 100 Bad Days Makes 100 Good Stories. Oh, nice. Um, and you kind of mentioned that you knew how to code, so you are able to do so much yourself. If someone doesn't know how to code right now and they want to learn, how would you recommend someone start? Oh, my gosh. Uh, one easy way is a boot camp. You know, they have like 90-day boot camps and it at least gets you started in something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the computer languages, I mean, don't worry about which one. Just pick one, go for it. And then once you learn one, like, it's pretty easy to... You get the basics and you mm-hmm. can switch languages. Um, but, yeah, a, a boot camp, I think, is the easiest way because yeah. there's just short and, and it makes... And it keeps you committed versus, like, signing up for an online class. At least for me, I'm terrible at, like, oh, I'll just do 30 minutes on a Zoom or class or something. <laughs> there, I do not stay focused on what's going on. I have to be physically, like, in the class. I get that, yeah. I uh, I signed up for a Google Analytics 4 with, 
with the conversion uh, happening later this year. And I have a course that I have about 20 hours left on that I need to finish before the analytic transition happens. And I'm like, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you can do that in one day. 20 hours. Yeah, 20 hours. Let's go. Start to finish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what advice would you give to young girls that are just looking to get into programming and all of that? Um, you know, it's such a, a niche industry. And I think, honestly, sometimes the hardest thing is just being in that classroom in college and being in a heavily male-dominated classroom and, you know, some of the subtle things that happen that can make you feel a little discouraged. Yeah. Um, Well, you do kind of have to have, I think, thick skin and just ignore, you know, some things. Um, uh, I, if you're interested at all in, like, and it sounds boring, but, like, writing things to, you know, have things happen on the computer to take, and then, then, you know, you can solve all sorts of problems. You can write your own website. You can sell things online. You can, you can do a gazillion things. Um, Mm -hmm. if you start with like a computer science background or anything along, along those lines. Um, yeah, I think all women have stories, but men do too. Um, kids Mm -hmm. are not always nice unfortunately. And, uh, I mean, people have, have, have had experiences that I fortunately have not had. Um, so yeah, I I think it's just, you get started. If you have an interest in it, get started. Um, I don't like trying to give advice. I I do like to like share what happened to me because everybody's different and you all have like, everybody has like you know, what's happened to them and their background and, and what they know. Um, but any, it, it doesn't even have to be STEM. Like anything I feel like if you're interested in, at least try it. Like yeah. at least like take a little class or just try a tiny bit. And otherwise you, you'll never know if that's something you might want to do. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for taking the time. Thanks to for asking me. me. That was so fun. Yeah. And we always like to say, is there anything you'd like to promote or share um, with our guests before well, we wrap up? we're at the Simple Nexus you Snug are. Life yeah. Simple Nexus Users Group Conference. So if you have any questions about Simple Nexus as a customer or a prospect or a partner, um, feel free to reach out to me or, or anyone at Simple Nexus, and we'd love to connect. Awesome. Well, thanks you everyone for watching and we will see you next week. Um, please like, follow, subscribe, all the things and we can't wait to see you again soon. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Lodestar's Lending Leaders Podcast. Please like, subscribe and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcasts. A special thank you to the Lodestar Podcast Production Team, Jim Paolino, Tim Austin and John Gardner.